Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to the New England Hockey Journal RinkWise Podcast. This is your host, Kirk Ludicky, and boy, do we have a great show for you today. We have former Vermont head coach Kevin Snedden, former Vermont player and NHL forward Tori Mitchell, and former Vermont player and pro hockey player Pete Swaggy P. Lennis, all joining us in studio. They are with Elevate 02, which is a player development company focused on developing advanced hockey skills for advanced hockey players. They are a paid advertiser and sponsor of New England Hockey Journal, but we're thrilled to have them on here. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you that our November-December issue of New England Hockey Journal is coming out soon. It is focused on our prep hockey preview coverage. It's going to be a bigger issue than ever before. And I invite you to go to hockeyjournal.com, become a subscriber, get exclusive content. We will continue to cover prep hockey and hockey at all levels in New England all season long. And now it is time for our conversation with Kevin Snedden, Tori Mitchell, and Swaggy P. Welcome to the RinkWise Podcast. Kirk Ludicky here. I've got three very special guests. In order around the table, let's go with uh, coach, former Vermont head coach Kevin Snedden, uh, president of Elevate02. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we've got uh, Tori Mitchell, Elevate02, former NHL player. And we've got Swaggy P, Elevate02, former Vermont Catamount and all-around uh, professional hockey player with a lot of different experiences. So, guys, uh, really, really glad that uh, you could join us here on the RinkWise podcast. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us, Kirk. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. So, uh, you know, we'll, let, let's let's throw it up here, and we'll start with 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 Coach. Um, you you came down from Canada. You played you played uh, college hockey at Harvard, and then you know we're able to get into coaching. But you know, it's it's interesting because Tori's kind of in the, the same situation where you're you're Canadians that opted not to go the major junior route and 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 decided instead to come down to to the U.S. and go the college route, and you still were able to you know, to go on and, and, and play at high levels and, and, and enjoy success in the sport. So just curious as to what maybe drove those decisions at the time for, for, for you, Coach, and, and, and how it was for you. For me, it was an interesting story because my dad played major junior in St. Catharines, uh, Ontario, and, and went on to have a lengthy pro career, mainly in the minors. Uh, and when it came time for me to decide what I was going to do uh, with, with hockey, he was, you know, definitely pushing me in the OHL direction. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to be a hockey player, that was the only way you could do it. And that was his mentality uh, back then. It was my mom who actually convinced me to take a look at the college route. And after exploring it, uh, I just felt like it was the best, the best option for me. And uh, it was a hard decision. I didn't want to disappoint dad, but uh, I also wanted to please mom. And as soon as my dad saw a college hockey game, he was like, yeah, I wish I had this. You know, just the atmosphere, the bands. <laughs> Uh, just to different institutions he got to, to see play. It was uh, it was an incredible experience, so yeah. uh, I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it. If you were going to disappoint Dad, I guess Harvard wasn't the bad <laughs> way to go, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> although, although when it was all said and done, I still remember this. He looked at me and said, wait, you want to get into coaching? Uh, we paid for you to go to Harvard, and you want to go yeah, get into uh, coaching. So, um, what, what other schools aside from Harvard? That I looked at? Yeah. Uh, I went to Michigan, Michigan State, um, right, Michigan. Princeton, Cornell. I kind of I transitioned more to the, to the Ivies when, uh, when I, got, I got lucky at the SAT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Tori, yeah. what about you? Because you came down from you're, – you're from Montreal, and, and yeah. you came down and played at Hotchkiss. Uh, and we've got both, both Tori and, and Swaggy, our, our prep guys. Um, so what, what, uh, what drove your thought process? As you a, were a little different. It was my, my dad that was pushing the, uh, go to school then, and you can play hockey, go to school for free. Uh, he was an athletic director at kind of a, a boys, all boys Catholic prep school in Montreal. So he had a bunch of connections with prep schools. So it was just kind of natural when it was my, my turn to graduate and go through, uh, you know, applying for prep schools and stuff. He was, he was pretty adamant about that over playing major junior and um and then the other factor was coming down and watching he brought me down in 94 95 to watch uvm mm-hmm. martin st louis and people are tailgating out in the parking lot it was just crazy 
the atmosphere. So I knew right after that, I was probably like 10, 11, 10, 11 years old. I knew right away I wanted to play college hockey. Marty San Louis, Eric Perrin. Oh, yeah. Timmy Thomas. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that that was a good crew. I mean, it was electric. That when, you, when you talk about Gutterson Fieldhouse, that's what people talk. Those are the years people are really talking about, like, how incredible Gutterson was. Right, and then you know, with the with the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I mean, you just don't know where you're going to end up, right? And that's that's the thing. I mean, even though it's a it's a great league, but you know, you're, I mean, you could end up in Chicoutimi, you could end up yeah. in the Maritimes. I mean, I ended up getting drafted by Chicoutimi. I just, I I was one of those kids. I needed some some structure. Yeah, I, I know if I would have went to the Quebec League, I probably wasn't going to be uh, doing too much uh, studying. We yeah. still thought Mitch was going to go to the Quebec League at any point. We never really knew. Yeah, Until he signed pro, we thought, ah, you, there's a chance he could go. You but can't trust the Frenchies no. like that. <laughs> All right, but, Swa- Swaggy yeah. P, what about you? I mean, a t- Tabor guy, and, and how, you know, how, did you, how did you get that opportunity uh, to, to play prep hockey? And Yeah, I mean, I think for me it was growing up in Vermont with always a goal of doing some sort of uh, – college hockey whether it be division one or division three I, I didn't know growing up but I knew um and it's still the same way it is today if you want to play any type of college hockey you know you got to get out of Vermont um you know somewhat early in your uh high school high school years so yeah. I knew that was something that I had to do and and going to prep school was a, a stepping stone and I wasn't really sure I had goals of what I wanted to do but um I knew that was the next step to to try to go somewhere um, in hockey. It's great having the three of you because we, I, a lot of I I talk to a lot of parents and players, and in in the one thing that I always try to say is there's no cookie cutter explanation for how you want to do it. You know, play prep hockey, play the you know whether you're going to go midget, triple A, junior, major, junior, college, what have you. And so all three of you bring really interesting perspectives i mean swaggy you, you we, we talked about it before the podcast but you were a ushl player and on a pretty good sioux city team tour you did prep school and didn't do didn't do any junior you went right into to, to division one and then coach just from your perspective um just how was there a a, a difference in some of the players that you got that that maybe came out of because it was different back then it's not quite like it is you know maybe i think maybe what is it safe to say college hockey was a little younger back then it was for sure and, and we were talking tori and i were talking about it on the way down here um just just the fact that he came straight out of, out of prep school without having to play junior uh, it certainly does happen nowadays but it's, it's not the norm yeah you know, it's you pretty see, rare you see a lot of 19 20 year olds coming into into the college game now so it's it is a lot different than it was back then where guys like kevin miller who uh mm. you know obviously is a big name around this uh this area he came straight out of out of berkshire prep uh pat cullity did the same thing so it, it was it was um, what everybody wasn't doing it, but there was a lot more back then for sure. Sure. And what were your thoughts, Tori, when you got to to UVM? And you, I mean, just statistically, it looked like you didn't miss a beat. Um, did 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 pretty well. But what were you know? Did you feel prepared and, and ready to go? And when when you got there, or, or? Um, I I did, but I was I was one of those kids that liked doing stuff on my own. Like it wasn't practice for me. It was just my day i'm gonna go skate work out that was just part of my day i could see some of the kids maybe come from prep school not as seasoned less experienced than the junior kids or it's a pretty big jump you know it's it can be uh whoa okay bigger faster stronger less time with the puck and uh but um i i guess if you're if you're a player that works hard every day when no one's watching i think you'll be okay even making the jump from prep school and you were drafted by the sharks got asked tim burke yeah yeah, oh, yeah. i legend. mean legend right legend so <laughs> how did that just, uh, just yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. In massachusetts uh, ho- yeah. hockey hall of famer and, and all of that um una played at unh i mean just just a so good for the game, right? But what was uh, well, you got? Do you have a an anecdote from back oh. in the process when maybe you were being scouted or or your interactions just yeah. with the sharks? Well, the, the first we had like a it, it was like a knockoff development camp. It wasn't the main rookie development camp in San Jose. It was like he was running one just in New England, and wow, he left an impression on everyone. I'd say the newly drafted players because. I mean, he was—he's got so many different stories of spinning hockey into those stories. Whether right. it's—I—I I, I, I don't. I, 
why is the ocean blue? I, I he, he's just like so he's all over the map with that stuff. Oh, yeah. But it, but he somehow pieces it together with hockey, and uh, yeah, he was he's a legend. He he's is. an absolute legend. That's so great. he was he was cool to get to know. Yeah, awesome. So um, in 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 from that those experiences, let's just talk about Elevate 02. I mean, this is you guys have probably learned in each of your respective careers how important it is to develop skill sets to develop players to who understand you know who will better be ready to face the the, the challenges and, and be prepared because coming up when you guys were developing this things like this probably did not exist at least not to the level that you can offer so tell us a little bit about your you guys you know the your company's vision and and your mission statement for what you want to accomplish with young yeah. players so we First off, I, Elevate 02 is we're, we're smaller, about 50 by 80 size uh, training rinks. And we do skill development for boys and girls, um, all the way from beginner age six or seven, boy or girl, to professionals, um, 25, 26 year old professional players, uh, men and women. And uh, we've been, we're, November 9th was year two, right? Yeah, and uh, it was just—it's—it's it's just been a crazy ride for us. We're not uh, rewriting the skill development model, but we're bringing a ton of energy, safe environment, and it's just—it's rubbed off on people, and it, it's—that's why we're seeing. I think that's why we're seeing growth in our company, and we're—we're going to have several locations going. So, when we talk about the smaller rinks, is that a reflection of the importance of the small area game? And in, in, in hockey and, and, and being able to make plays without the time and space. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. And I think to, to what Tori said about re, uh, we kind of are rewriting the way people are training and what our, our things are and how we're doing it. And we're coming in with like it's just a different energy of, of uh, you know, one on four training and having those kids come with us. And what we're doing it is breakthrough, I think, um, in the skill development for uh, – for on ice training and, and those smaller facilities is is a different route than other people. Everyone's like, oh, you need big ice to skate and all this stuff, but it's the, like just as you mentioned, it's the decision making. It's fast. Everything's hockey's played in small areas all around the ice. Yes, you need the big ice for for full end speed and stuff like that. But you know what we're training and doing with the kids is all tight areas. You know, coming out of the corner. And then from this zone to the next zone and stuff like that. So uh, we focus on the individual kids and, you know, the growth. Just bring that energy. Yeah. The kids see us as, like, we're kids on the ice with them. Right. And and they feed off that. And so, you know, there are a lot of small rinks. Before we started this, we already knew there were small training rinks all over North America already. Why haven't they grown? And we we think we have that recipe. Well, in in that, you know, I... I have noticed so much of a difference in the skill levels of of players, the from the skating to the hands. And it, it used to be you'd go to the rink and there was a, a and, and, and Tori, you were one of them, warp speed skater there at, at younger ages. But, but that was a smaller percentage, or the guys that could really handle pucks the way Swaggy, Swaggy handles pucks. That was a small percentage, and now more and more the 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 population is growing in terms of you go to the rink and you watch. There's a lot of fast skilled players. So so then it becomes a, a matter of if they're going to reach the highest levels. You know what else do you have to do? You know what else do you have to develop in your game? And so, coach, you know, from your perspective, uh, what mm-hmm. what are some of the things that 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 you guys can do and and, and that, or that you are doing, and then also that players can can focus on to ensure that they not only have the skill sets, the physical hockey skill sets, but the but the game, the the the, the application of those skills to get the most out of their talent. Well, I, I think from from my perspective, it's the game has just changed so much from from when I start, first started coaching. You know, we would probably get pretty annoyed at a player if they were trying to toe drag all over the ice or you know do a Michigan behind the net. You know, I remember sitting in the NCA meetings and when uh, when Leg scored the scored the goal, we talked you know rule changes after that, and guys were like, "Yeah, we're almost unanimous. Like, get that out of the game." Right. You know, and right. now it's like. You just see you see kids pulling that move all the time, and you see the the skill level just going up, and and that's what's making the game better and better. So for kids to be able to come to a to an elevate O two and a smaller sheet and and work on those kind of skills, it's repetition, it's having fun with it, it's 
working hard, leaving, leaving our facility, dripping wet with a smile. If, right. if that happens, they want to come back. These guys have done their job. I don't go on the ice that much, but I, I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed watching kids, uh, boys and girls come through our facility and seeing them from one year to the next a ton of improvement happens. Um, so I think, I think that's important. And, and Pete said it best, you know, the big ice is important for the overall understanding of the game, but you have to be able to apply that skill to the big ice surface, you know, otherwise, you know, you're not going to become a, a great hockey player. And it's, these guys have, have done a great job and, and timing is everything. I think it just fits with the American development model. It fits with guys like Austin Matthews talking about, learning skills in a small space. Well, once they, once they're starting to talk, these guys are ahead of their time in right. many ways. And yeah. once those guys started talking about it, it's like, look out. I mean, we always talked about, we always, we tell everyone if we had a facility like we have now when we were kids, Oh, right. Oh, I, I, I mean, I think, I think the thing is, is if, if you just, if you go back, I, I, we've posted over a thousand uh, Instagram videos. And if you go back and if you watch the first Instagram videos to to what it is now and i know it's that but it's it's that's just mitch and myself like we're getting better because it's the constant touches and and you're it's not about us in in most of the aspect but if you watch us and that's just putting in time working with the kids if the kids put the same time in that we are their skills are going to skyrocket and that's what we're trying to get across if you put the time in on the ice off the ice you're going to get so much better and you know kids come to us once a week, maybe twice a week if they're lucky. Um, and then it's the kids who we see develop the most, the kids who do the stuff at home. Um, and, and everything we do, you can do at home. And I think that's the biggest thing, that the game is changing and the skills. And it's, you know, what Tori just touched on, is we're having fun with it. And right. that's the most important part. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Right? And that's why, they, that's why the kids play. I remember talking to kids, or players, junior players, when they're in slumps. You know, and you could see they're gripping the stick tight because they're in junior and it's big time. And it's now you're in, you're learning that the hockey is a business, you know, and it's a results oriented yeah. business. Right. Yeah. And I would sometimes would say, Hey, don't forget to have fun. Don't forget why you started playing yeah. Yeah. because it, it is tough. So for the kids, I'm sure that come through Elevato too, it's about making it fun so that they, it isn't work for them when they're it's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. And then, and we, we get that feedback from the parents um, I can't believe the smile on my kid's face when he got in the car, and that's why we do it, and that makes us feel good. Yeah, but I think I think you just touched on it for a second, and you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, I want to. I'm playing, uh, you know, peewees. I can't wait till I'm a bantam, bantam. I can't wait till high school, high school. I can't wait till prep school or something like that. And you're always chasing something different. And then you know, obviously, Mitch signed a, a great contract with the Sharks, and then I remember he called, you know, a year into it. He's like, oh, it's amazing, you know, but, man, do I miss the college. And it's just having those kids, like, even though they're chasing a college commitment or a, or a junior commitment, like, just have fun and enjoy the time that, you know, where you are and try to develop as much as right. you can because it goes fast, and, and now, you, I mean, you can open and elevate later, but um, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the time when you're playing no matter, you know, where you are because that, that is the best time of your life. Man, you just hit the nail on the head. I've been, I, you know, we talk about this all the time about don't look, don't be looking too far down the road to the next thing. Ma you know, focus on where you are and master the level. And, you know, I had a, I had a, an Army general tell me that. You know, what you may want or aspire to a different job, but wherever you are, be the best you can be at that job, at that particular location. And if you do that, then the, 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 the natural progression will will take you far and 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 so just in in your your respective career i mean i mean tori you were in the nhl a while so when you left when you left vermont and the under the guidance of coach snedden here um what was the transition like for you you know to pro hockey and 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 having to all of a sudden now you're a pro and and yeah. you're get you're getting paid but the pressure's on yeah i mean it takes oh three days of being at training camp to see the type of business it is. It's cutthroat. Um, I was a pretty responsible player all over the ice, so I transitioned really well into a third-line role my first training camp. There's a couple injuries. I got lucky um, and kind of took advantage of that spot playing between uh, Mike Greer and, and Jeremy Roenick that first, uh, first game, but kind of lasted almost 30 games with those two guys. Uh, we ended up being a pretty good third line, but 
that that was the type of player I was. There there wasn't that pressure to score, so which is the hardest thing to do in hockey. So I didn't have that weight on my back entering the league because I was such a good uh, penalty killer, forechecker. I had really good speed. So those types of things helped me transition pretty quickly right away. But the biggest thing is just the size and your time and space. Is, the size of the guys and the time and space is just gone instantly. Right. Um, that's the biggest thing, uh, making the jump from, from college hockey to, to American League, East Coast, uh, NHL. I mean, it's just, whoa, time and space just got a little shorter. So is it safe to say you recognize from your own experience and, and, and what the challenges were, and for the both of you, because you both played pro hockey and, and, and you both went up those levels. You played the highest levels of college. You you know, you know played pro. So is it safe to say you're applying that same mindset of as you adjusted or had to make the adjustment, did you say to yourself, what did I not have? What did I not have as a young younger kid that I wish I, I had, you know, that I could have used and applied and, and it would have made me better and made that transition easier? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I, I can't talk about how, you know, mentally Mitch adjusted or whatever, but you could watch, you know, when, uh, you know, we're still in college and he's playing pro every game we wanted to watch. And, um, you know, his wife was still in school, so she got the package. So we go over to her house and watch the game. And I mean, he, he was just, even though he was going from college to pro, just as you said, his skating was so elite that it was almost like he was skating around something. Because he was, when he started his career, you know, maybe it wasn't completely the old NHL, but it was a lot of those old, you know, yeah. NHL uh, defense clutching and grabbing. And I mean, he <laughs> was just blowing by kids yeah. or, or, you know, grown men at that time. Right. And it was just like, obviously his elite skating took him, you know, to that next level. And his adjustment was, you know, on ice was, I mean, seamless. Almost he fit better in the NHL than he right. did in college because he had players playing with him who could go. When, yeah. you know, when I made the adjustment to the East Coast, great league, it's all over the place because you don't know who you're playing with or whatnot. Right. And, I mean, it was it was amazing to play. But I, I just remember watching Mitch and how that, you know, how skating or his skills, like just when he entered the league, it was almost like he belonged there two years ago. Right. So, right. I mean, you know, just going through that, I think, you know, as you play pro or get you get older, you're like, oh, I wish I had done this or this or, or worked on this more. Um, so it all... It's it's all different for each player, I, I, oh, I yeah. guess. Big time. Yeah, old Big old time. days of watching him at Hotchkiss. I mean, oh yeah, like I said there weren't there weren't many people that moved around the sheet like no. that. So you know, it's oh, good. Hotchkiss Bearcats. The Bearcats. So <laughs> what right. you guys were? I thought you were the Wildcats. <laughs> the, the Bearcats. Where were you guys? The Tabor Seawolves. 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 Swaggy's got the legendary <laughs> uh, like uh, six point. Quarterfinals against seven. the oh here we go <laughs> seven points. Against, I mean, if you look at Cushing's team that against year, Cushing, it was it was Yandel, Chris Bork, right? Boomer Ewing, Boomer Ewing, Boomer Ewing Billy yeah. Ryan. Yep. That, yep. I mean, their line had over like two hundred. And then some the points. Swaggy P came in and just. <laughs> I had to say their their goalie them. their goalie had they a tough eight, night. Eight, eight seven, seven eight seven seven points. Oh my goodness! Our, our coach came in after the game and he was like, "If I told you we would have gave up seven goals to Cushing and we would have been blown out seven one, I was like, I think we were all thinking." that oh yeah wow yeah so so uh, kevin watching these guy i mean you bet you were you have been around them for a long time you've seen them come in as young teens and you know young brand new college players you've seen them grow and mature and now here you are you got you're you're working together just take us through how that process has been watching them and it's special i mean when you're when you're a college coach and you see you know a first year player come in um a little, little bit green, if you will, at times, a little bit immature. Um, and you watch them blossom um, physically, <laughs> mentally, uh, socially, everything throughout the course of time. That, that's the real reward as a, as a college coach, as you see uh, quite often a boy come in and a, and a man walk out the door and capable of doing whatever, whether it's in hockey or just life in general. Um, you just see that growth, and that's that's a lot of fun. And these two guys in particular, obviously I got to – um, watch Mitchie. I knew he was going to make the Sharks uh, very quickly because, as he mentioned, he was very responsible. He was um, a very good defensive player who also possessed skills and speed that were second to none. So I could see that not being, you know, I, I believed in him right away. In fact, I think I said to him when he got his contract offer after his junior year, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you got to sign like you're, mm -hmm. I think he already, already would have, but he was ready. You know, like some guys you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. 
you know, because the goal is to last as long as you can, not just to get there as quick as you can. Um, but he was ready, and 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 Pete was obviously just a dynamic player in, in college. You you got to 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 watch him play in the uh, in the Frozen Four, and he was a, a fan favorite of Vermont. You know, I mean, he, his speed, some of the stuff he was doing out there, you know, not many players could do. So, it, and, and then fast forward to now seeing these guys give back to the game, helping the game grow. Like that's a huge mission of ours is, is not only do we want to grow the business side of things, but we want to grow hockey, get it into areas that maybe aren't big into the sport. And these guys, they're, they're putting that challenge on their shoulders right now. And that, to me, I'm very proud of what they're doing. They're, they're doing something that they have a ton of passion with and they're making a difference in, in the sport that we all love. It's just not work for us. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. And then, you know, you go back and you talk about like how we came in as as, you know, 18, 19 year old kids going to college hockey. And it was like now you like, you know, obviously you got that. OK, if, if we had an elevator too, and that, we're like we're working on things that like, yes, we're working on the basics, but we're working on stuff that hasn't even come out yet that kids are implying into the games like now. Or in the future, and I think that's the fun part of like how to grow and how the game's changing. And it's just like okay, you setting up on the power play, like teaching these kids. Like I didn't know. I, I had coaches that were like, but not really, you know. Growing up until you got to college and stuff like that, I not, not I wasn't really taught. Like, and I guess I yeah. think that's what we want to give back the most is these teaching of the sp- specific skills of shooting and stick handling and skating that we didn't have as kids. So swaggy, I gotta know. Yeah, I must know. <laughs> what do you want? The, the mustache mis- is the, real. The Michigan. Oh. Well, yeah. Hey, look, it is Movember. Yeah. Okay, it is Movember. Yeah. So that is a, people check out the photo. He's been um, in November for about two years. Two now. years. <laughs> two years that's of May. That's that's, 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 that's good. Um, Michigan move. I tried it twice in college. I didn't get it. I tried it once at Providence. Yep. I tried it once uh, at home against UNH. Um, you know what? It was uh, Honestly, if I could change one thing in my career, it would probably be using a P28 from the day right. we started. Just yeah. the curve alone is, I mean, the toe curve and stuff. But, yeah, it, it was uh, – I didn't get in any trouble for trying it, but it was definitely something – kept my composure. Yeah. No, yeah, no, he no. Got in trouble. <laughs> he, he got in trouble for a – Four minute shift. That I did yeah. get and, and so for for, for the yeah. listeners that may not know, we're talking about the le- the, the the mic leg yep. thing. Yeah, yep. of the, course. The behind the net and <laughs> Mitch, we actually lacrosse, just lacrosse talked. Goal, yeah. yeah, the NHL just posted a thing about it, going back and forth with players, and you know if they like it and whatnot. And the I players mean, love it. Yeah, it's it's exciting to it. watch, and just I, you know I didn't even realize, but in hockey East, they just put shootouts in mm-hmm. um, for league play. Yep. I don't know. I don't think it counts for nationwide. Just an extra point. Yeah. Just an extra yeah, point. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I was sitting at a UVM game the other day, and they were playing BC, and then they uh, went to overtime, and they went three on three, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like I, I didn't know about it. It was a surprise to me. And then I was like, "This is you know almost stood up the whole overtime. Just, just it just yeah. adds a different element and excitement, and that's what we're talking about: the skill game and making <clears throat> the game exciting for more people to get involved." We we had I don't know when it was. I don't know if you were had you were entering UVM or you were still at Tabor and you were going to be going to the USHL. But there was a summer skate, and there was a bunch of us that had come out of the coach's office at at, at UVM, and we walked into Gutterson. We looked down at the ice. And there was this rather smaller forward, uh, and oh, just could that still <laughs> same size. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just just buzzing around and putting it through his legs, and just like way ahead of his time. And and a couple of the older guys, like the seniors, were like, "Look at this! Look at this little punk!" You know, like yeah. what's he doing? He's disrespecting the game almost. Yeah. You know, that was like the yeah. mentality when he had guys, because Pete could pick the puck up like lacrosse style already at age fifteen. 14 i don't know when you yeah. probably age nine you could do it but it was just it, he was ahead of his time and that was the mentality guys were like he's disrespecting the game but but now it's so cool to see it transition to it's amazing the players love it it's part of the game it's an extra skill set to have try it oh it's and, fun. and we work with some of the kids you know we have a select few in vermont or when we come back down to boston or some kids come into us from different places and you're like whoa how old are you and they're like uh, twelve, and you're like, wow, you know. And you just see the game and the skill yeah. development growing. It's uh, it's pretty fun yeah, to watch cool. and, and different stuff. And and obviously, you don't want to lose sight of the whole hockey game. They you still got to play hard and and you know work for it and things like that. But it's definitely a different game and, and more skilled now.
New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. If you love college hockey and want an inside look at the game, get a copy of the book, Great Game, D1 College Hockey, People, Places, Perspectives. From the emotions of Frozen Fours to the atmosphere and classic venues, Bruce Haas has captured the passion that people have for the college game through interviews with players, coaches, officials, and fans. No other book captures the spirit of college hockey like this does. Great Game makes a great gift for the holidays for a college hockey fan. Score your copy of Great Game today on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Atascabooks.com, or at your local bookstore. Now, well, back around the time of your Frozen Four, when you were still at UVM, there was a young young man from Maine who's now in the NHL, but did you know had some dro- jaw dropping move with the uh, Oliver Wallstrom. You know, I'm sure right. you guys remember that that goal where he did the mini the mini one on one thing that was televised by Nesson and yeah, that went viral. Oh my gosh, yeah. that guy, he was yeah. he, oh, I was like who. From Maine? Yeah. Who are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. No, 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 no. The kid the on kid, the yeah. ice. Yeah, he he's was like, Maine he was, native. How yeah. old was he? Yeah. He was eight or nine yeah. at the time. He was I mean, playing he, for the the Portland Pirates. I yeah, think. He's yeah, he's a two. Th- yes, he's a two thousand because yeah. he was drafted. In, yeah. you know, by the Islanders in in twenty eighteen. He's in the NHL right now. He's got yeah. four or five goals. But yeah, I mean, that was the you know again. It just it it went like Coach said went viral. And yeah. yeah. Now he's he's found a way to make a living doing what he loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see too many him doing that move very often though it, it, you know against uh you know against the rangers or the, the devils no i mean i mean i think it's the thing it's like it's but the, but the different moves you know like now you see everyone like a one on one coming down doing like a you know a pullback and stuff like that it just wasn't you know, back then maybe you would have dumped the puck in or something making plays right. and it, it is different um you know obviously like i said a minute ago you're not, the game is still hockey and it's just a, it's a, you know little bit different things involved. Well, just in adding it. that creativity. Yeah, sure. It's creativity. It's, it's, it's so much way. more fun as a fan to watch yeah. too, or as ex players and ex coach. Like it's like wow, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. Get it. Do, do you have the opportunity to talk situations with some of the players? I know you're you're focused obviously on the skill aspect, but 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 actually maybe think through the application of hey, in a move a move like this, this is when you would maybe want to employ this this tactic. Uh, you know, former military guy, this tactic to get around yeah. the defenseman. Co- coaches, uh, Snetty's doing uh, player consulting stuff for Elevator Excellent. too, so I'll let you. Yeah, I'm just, you know, obviously trying to help uh, some of our clients move on, mainly trying to get them to, to prep school or junior. There are a few few uh, few guys that are looking to get to, to college hockey, but, um, you know, obviously when I do a full evaluation, it's written up and we try to talk about situations and, and different things they could have tried in certain certain settings, so. Yeah, so. and then when you know on, off of that, you know when we when we tell a kid, you know, here's a backhand toe drag. Well, you're not going to do it when you come up the ice and no one's around you. It's like okay, you're attacking from the corner. You know, you fake it left if you're a lefty, and then you get him to bite. It, I talk a lot about when I teach about making that person bite onto something, and they're like, oh, like okay, when would I use that? Well, this use this move can be used on you know one on one situation or a breakaway or stuff like that. So. You know, I don't really talk too much like uh, p- positional play, I would say, but, you know, more of when you can use this move 
to make right. it uh, that's more exactly helpful. right yeah. that's what yeah. they need right yeah. to understand otherwise i mean a, a kid learns learns a yeah, we'll we'll use their parlance. A sick move. Yeah, and uh, then they want to use it all the time. It's important oh, yeah. to understand. It, yeah. you know that, that there's sure. a time. Now, there's now, a time and place. Time and place, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Now, now, I'm guessing. I'm guessing, Pete. You had a lot of time for Sergey Samsonov back in the day. Was he? A, was yeah, he? He a, was a great. You know, you great player. Him? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He was sick. Yeah, I mean that like, number fourteen for the Bruins. That's oh, right. Yeah, no, and, uh, absolutely. No, Montreal too. Uh, he did play. Yeah, yeah. he did. Did he mm-hmm. get? Did he hit someone or did he get hit in the eye? Uh, no, that wasn't yeah. him. He was. A, it was a wrist. I think. It, well, he might have gotten. He, he might have gotten something too. too. Uh, I know what happened to him in Boston. So he was a Russian player, and yeah. he had uh, had a wrist injury as a, as a kid, a teen, and, it, and it didn't heal right. Yeah, but he developed his his great puck handling skills with that wrist, and then ironically, he gets he gets injured in Boston, yeah. and they fixed it. No. Uh, he needed wrist surgery, but he was never the same. He couldn't hand, he couldn't do the no same way. things after that. I didn't know that. Didn't you? I you thought know he got hit in so the eye, that's why. and then he, he put a visor on visor. or something. Could, yeah. could be, maybe not. Yeah. But. but I just hearing you talk and, and 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 the passion is what's coming through with you guys. You're like, yeah. like you know that what you're doing is is meaningful, and that you're reaching. You know, you're 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 hitting your target audience. But right, that's when you were talking about you know just the passionate way you're describing it and then of course watching your videos it's um i had videos are insane aren't they they are but but you know what if you can do it someone else can that's the that's the thing i mean yes it takes athletic skill and it takes practice practice repetition (laughs) repetition repetition right but by doing it you guys are showing them what is possible and i'm a big believer in you don't know what you don't know right so when we were you know in in junior hockey we would want to take our players to nhl facilities and show them because they're or to to d1 college facilities because that's what they're aspiring to and if they see it then they can better envision visualize it and set that as their goal and i would say what you guys are doing is right along you know it's a it's a practical application but it also is showing them what could be if they put in the work Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a great way of putting it it's just you know we have so much pride in in you know our our whole thing and i think for us it was like when when we were starting and going and then you know when when kevin was you know ending his career at uvm and, and was interested we were like oh you know if, if kevin's interested then you know we must, something. Have something. We, we must have we You're must have we must be doing something right yeah. you know and now as it's growing and having scott gomez uh be part of the company it's just like it, it, it we had no clue and i think that's you know as tory's mentioned four or five times it's not work for us if you and love it yeah it's not work it's if not you love work. what you and do and it's just like yeah. growing these things people are like oh you know everything's going so well and you're kind of like i guess so yeah and they're like well you, you don't seem like that excited you're like yeah because it's just it's just it is what it is with and us for I guess. me i i haven't really really talked much with pete about it but for me like mental health wise uh it the pressure of playing professional hockey, the day to day, the ups and downs, it gets mm-hmm. to you sometimes. Sure. You, know, you, you might not realize it because it's just a rat race, and you got the next game, next practice, next game. But I'm just constantly enjoying going to the rink, right? Not playing every day more than when I played, which is crazy to say. Mm-hmm. But it was just so much pressure and rat race when I was playing professional hockey. I'm sure it's the same for him, not knowing what team he's going to be with next year. Or, what it may be, but you know, and and for me, there was there was a lot of movement in my last five or six years. New teams, new teammates, new city. Holy smokes, kids! You know, I had a family, right. and now it's just like it just feels so much more stable and just healthier. And I still get to go to the rink and be a part of the, the great game of hockey. So it's I, I'm just mentally so much better right now. That's well, cool. And I think the thing is, is like you know, when you're playing and and you're like Mitch said, you're you're having this or with Snetty being the coach and you know there's people higher above you telling you or you're controlling you're worrying yeah. now it's like we're I think what we're doing now is growing the game more than we ever would as players and you know even with Mitch playing in the NHL and um you know coach you know coaching at division one for over 20 years you know how we're impacting the game we're a global brand now in just under two years and like how exciting that is for us but it's not like you know, we just gel together, and when we have an idea, we can put that to reality, whereas you'd have to go up the higher-ups and the higher-ups, and it might get shot down. 
And I think that's the exciting thing is that when we have an idea, we all three talk, and then we can actually put that idea into action rather than it getting lost somewhere else. So I think that's really, really fun um, to be part of. So you understand you have a big camp, you have a camp opportunity coming. I'm going to talk talk about that. Talk about what what some of the players can do to to, to maybe get in on this if it sounds good to them. Well, I think we, we realized uh, that there was a need out there for an elite camp where kids could come and learn the skills that, that were being taught or are being taught at our, our facilities, um, but make it a, a huge experience for the for the kids to come in for a week or two weeks if they want to stay for, for two um, have you know three ice sessions a day off ice skill development and certainly a ton of fun you know and, and Norwich University has been absolutely fantastic with us in terms of inviting us to the camp uh, we think obviously we're bringing a lot of value to, to their institution as well um, but it, it, it's we, we aspire to be one of the best camps out there and we're, we're obviously growing slow but this is you know year one will be in uh in july of of 2022 but we're seeing some really good turnout so far so everybody better sign up quick there you <laughs> go <Sold out. laughs> i i love to hear norwich that was my dream you know I'm, okay. i didn't make it but uh yeah. i wanted you know the what a you know being a cadet and 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 the hockey program they've had over the years and and to be you know part of that that's that speaks well for and it's got to be exciting for you so yeah, what one of the pete, dates and pete actually went to uh, a camp at norwich when he was growing up and had an amazing experience oh yeah talk I, about I, that. I, nickname was uh beefcake growing up i had a couple <laughs> extra pounds you know and i was always i would i always look forward yeah <laughs> but i always look forward going there just because their campus from the rink to the cafeteria is, is, is yeah. like, right so yeah. i always go and i knew i, I was like i can pack on some some weight before because i know i'm gonna lose it during but no i had a great i spent i would spend two weeks there every summer um and just you know the campus was great the facilities for us were uh you know you're in a small vermont town it's very safe um the the you know rink the the lunch what do they call it cafeteria the cafeteria everything's great it's uh secluded so when that opportunity came to us and you know a lot of people had been asking about an elevator to camp it was it just kind of fell on our lap because people were asking hey do you guys have a camp you guys have a camp because you know if we have a kid from colorado who wants to get on the ice with swaggy p it's i mean you're gonna fly to vermont do an hour session right so now that we can offer the camp to to kids like that and and i mean to any kid in North America or worldwide, we've yep. had a couple inquiries from Slovakia and and Germany. But we uh, bring no, them on. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. we're excited to just, just so to excited. be a part about that. Yeah. We're going yeah. down to Norwich to the game on Friday, and um, yeah, yeah, we're it, it's just a, a perfect facility. I mean, UVM's gorgeous, uh, but you know, you got you just the te- it's great to go to college. But when we're running a camp, it's just nice to be hit North in, Northfield, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So we're super excited about it. Yeah, uh, awesome. So, what what do people need to do to find out more about it? Just go to Elevator. What's the, what's the website? <laughs> Len, Len, <laughs> he's still he's not our logistics guy. He's our talent. www.elevator2.com slash camp. Super easy go. to sign up. All right. Yeah. yeah uh, there's a wa- little there's waiver. A phone number for it. Phone um, number. Yeah, our we'll, camp director will get back to you. Stat. Yeah, you yeah. guys have a lot lot going on. If I can just get a little more out of you though, and uh, as we wrap, it's been it's been a really. I mean, it's hard it's hard to believe we've been uh, you know we've been at this here you know almost fifty minutes and have uh, we? yeah, and it's uh, wow. Mitch is the podcast king, so I, I, you know <laughs> what I mean. This is easy for him. He was he was all getting you know he had his pregame <laughs> podcast routine going. And my push up circuit. I have barely scratched the surface of what I would love to get into with all of you guys but we you know this this we might have to have an, an elevate O2 yep. you know part due yeah, um, yeah I like it I like you it. know but the the reality is I mean as you as you guys you talked about it giving back to the game so here's a chance I'd like to each one of you and we're actually going to start with Pete and we'll work yep. we'll work back the other way um, but if you could think back to who really who really was key in your in your life in hockey your path your development and why you know who who instilled that love in the game who helped really make you you know and it and there and it doesn't that's obviously not one person but if there are just a couple memories or people you have that you really would like to give you know acknowledgement and thanks to here in the you know in the time we have to to really reinforce that really it's 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 all about your heart and what right. you love about the game yeah. and, and how you got how, who helped you get here 
Uh, I mean, it, that's a that's a loaded one right there for that. But um, no, just as growing up, I mean, my family was different from obviously Kevin's and Tori's with you know their parents understanding hockey and whatnot and you know my parents were very supportive but knew nothing about hockey Mm -hmm. so they were obviously important for me to and they they let me do what I wanted but honestly it was just going to going to college hockey games as a kid um realizing that's you know you know playing for a local small club uh growing up there was no triple a no anything like that and then just you know, playing, going to UVM game on Friday night and then playing Saturday morning. Was there one, like, one role model? You were like, this guy, or it was just like a combination? Of the com- I mean, yeah. obviously, we grew up in the in the St. Louis era um, at UVM and just watching those guys, but each team had a different, you know, stuff. Uh, there was a guy at UVM, BJ, who took me under his wing. Uh, but it was just being around the rink that I yeah. really enjoyed it. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't pinpoint one person <laughs> that... Um, you know, that's fair. So it was, okay. it was kind of a combined yeah. effort of for for me. Yeah, but you, yeah. I, I mean, d- definitely my parents. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't mention them as far as uh, having a good impact. They weren't crazy hockey parents. You know, my dad would a couple words after the game and a couple little pointers, and I'd be like, "All right, enough, enough, stop, stop talking hockey with me." But uh, my parents for sure, and then I think I think I got really lucky. I had a really impactful second year Bantam coach, first year mid, my midget AAA season, um, and then and then Kevin at UVM. It was, it was a great coaching staff. It wasn't just him, but um, those three levels there climbing the ladder. I got super lucky with really good coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know. I think just the the biggest impact. The thing I miss the most is the locker room now. Right. So when I look back, so. The biggest impact was, you know, my teammates. I, I don't need to go into sp- specific teammates. Right. You know, I, I mean, I, there's such. There's you just played so with some many. good ones, though. I mean, John Joel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's. Some, I could almost go through every teammate, and there's something right. that I took from them, or they rubbed off on me the right way. You know, um, if we're talking bigger names in professional hockey, then you know, Mike Greer was a big, had a big influence on me. Um, just did everything the right way. Patrick Marlowe, watching him, just. Those guys were huge for me in the professional game, but there were so many great teammates along the way, uh, starting at age fourteen, that had an impact. Yeah, Mike Greer's kid, Jaden's pretty good. Been Is watching he? him yeah. in the league yeah, after Boston. Good. Are they Imperials. from Boston? Yeah, oh, really. Yeah. They've seen Mike in the rinks. Jaden, I remember him. Jaden Greer. Yeah, how old he's, is he now? He's a late 03, so he'll be he'll be eighteen here Big? soon. Big. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's athletic. Is all get out, and when wow. he gets going, when he gets going down like uh, along the walls and on the cycle, yeah, yeah. and when he goes to the net, committed. There are not not yet. No, no. no. Still, he's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's there go. Yeah. Great. What about uh, what about you, Coach? Well, just to echo what, what Mitchie said there. Uh, obviously, my parents uh, made a lot of sacrifices for for me to uh, to play the sport that I love, both financially and time wise. And there wasn't a lot of money uh, when I was growing up, so um, you know, obviously, owe the world to them uh, for where I am now and having had all the experiences, the wonderful experience of coaching so many incredible uh men you know uh was was i feel feel very blessed to have coached for 27 years but the biggest uh two influences on my career uh coached by the name uh, of uh dave ferguson was my midget coach back in burlington ontario and and he was super intimidating super sharp knew the game better than anybody that's where i learned the game right was from uh Coach Ferguson, I can't call him Dave. He's, he's still Coach Ferguson. Um, and then, I, you know, I obviously got to play for Billy Cleary and Ron Tomasoni at Harvard, uh, two, two legendary coaches, and got to experience wonderful teammate relationships that I still hold dear to my heart. Lane, so, Lane McDonald, one of those? Yeah, Lane, Lane couldn't have been a better captain. I mean, here, you know, here's this guy uh, coming off the Olympics, um, was preseason Hobie Baker, you know, Finally, he was the most humble. That's what I I learned humility from him. That if he if he's that quiet and worried about everybody else more than himself, then we all should be. Yeah. Um, he he was incredible. Speaking of another 
dad who has a very talented young man playing. No, his son Bennett McDonald is he's who? he's the real Stud. deal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lane, yeah. Lane was an unbelievable athlete. That's what yeah. a lot of people don't understand. How old is his son? So, uh, so so Ben McDonald is an 04, so he's yeah. going to be draft eligible. And I think if you remember that name and pay attention, yeah. Ben yeah. Bennett, Ben McDonald for Nobles and oh, uh, played uh, for the Nobles. East Coast yeah. uh, Wizards. If you're paying attention in July, really, uh, really cool. Look for that name. Committed? Like he's, uh, yes, he's uh, Harvard. Oh, yeah. so what not, about what about the coaching impact? Did you have a coach along the way that just kind of? That's what I meant with uh, Billy Cleary. Was just was incredible with uh, yeah. with us. And, and you asked why. Right. Um, the thing with Billy, he was r- super tough on us during practice. Like I, I remember, like shaking on the blue line on the power play. Like if I didn't do it right. Um, but before or after practice, it was all about you as a person. You know, like mm. he, he would just remember things that were going on in each player's lives. And uh, I'll never forget that in terms of what I tried to do in, in coaching was obviously tough love worked back then when, when I was coaching. But just have that relationship. I mean, I love my players, you know, and, and, and he, he showed me that way. Yeah, well, guys, uh, you th- this this podcast reminds us of all of what's good in hockey, and sometimes when you're, we're watching the headlines and we're seeing what's out there, it's it's easy to get focused on the negative stuff. And 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 listen, we live in an imperfect world, and and hockey's no different. But the three of you together on here, seeing the passion you have and um, where you're going and the vision. I know you're going to continue to grow your brand, but more importantly, like you said, you're, you're trying to give back to the game and, and, and that is good and that it represents goodness. And so, uh, I really, this has been the most fun I've had doing any of these so far and I've had some great guests. So, uh, you know, I want to thank you all for, for, for joining us. I know you have things to do, but, uh, it's been a it's been a treat to hear you and and I think we'd love to have you have you back for a follow on maybe after the camp we can get oh, yeah. some oh, yeah. get some recap. feedback <laughs> and a yeah, recap like and you can yeah. you can give me some scouting reports <laughs> give me some scouting reports on who I need oh, to be we got, yeah. we got a good we got a good twelve year old coming out hey of oh right twelve yeah, well you know that's not too far I was I was I'm covering everything from the Bruins all the way down to O sevens so yeah, okay. the twelve year old's not yeah. too far away so from, don't be afraid to plug the elevator to Bauer camp <laughs> all righty then you got it. That was a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, Bringing that to you, three unbelievable people have been in hockey a long time with some amazing stories and insights, and it was our pleasure to bring that to you. So until next time, we'll see you at the rink. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NE Hockey Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.